Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast that has the science and the screaming to determine what the best movie is of any given year. That's how good we are. We could do it. Give us a year and we'll do it. No year frightens us. (laughs) No, not the top of our head. For months. We will take months (laughs) and deliberate and think. But it all comes down to this. That's a lie, too, because if I gave you guys any year that we have done previously, you would not be able to tell me what one movie is. I could say say for 70% of our years, I could say what the movie of the year is. 2004. Test them. 2004 is a spotless mind. Uh, 2001. 2001. I can't remember. I want to say 2002. 2001 is Yutu Mama. Uh, 1975. 1975 was Dog Day. Mm, but it should have been Jaws, Greg. So <laughs> I'm going to have to talk you points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. You got most of those, Greg. Yeah, 1985. Chicanery. Mike has said it multiple times tonight. I mean, throughout the weeks of recording this. Uh, 85 is... I can't remember. It's Brazil. 1988 is Die Hard. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about 2002, and we're determining a future movie that we will struggle to remember what it was because we are old and our brains are dying. This is part three in a three-part series, so if you want to hear a bunch of cool awards and all of the first round... Go back to parts one and two. But if you want to just mainline that real shit, here it is. I'm Mike. That's Greg. That's Ryan. Let's dive right in. Round two. Battle one. And man, movies can be so many things. When your first seed, Spider-Man, goes up against your 40th seed, talk to her. Yeah. These are are different movies, man. Um... Again, most people haven't heard of Spider-Man to her. (laughs) And Spider-Man is like its own genre of movies and entertainment now. Of course, this was back in the day when we thought it would be sufficient to have like one Spider-Man. Fools we were. He would just web around the city. Um, But talk to her is so good. And it's saying so many important things. I get my hair cut about once every probably six weeks to eight weeks. And every single time, my barber says, so how was the new Spider-Man movie? And there's a new one every time she asks me. It, we just are living in that Dr. Manhattan panel that's become a meme. <laughs> you saw that movie where the superhero is interacting with all the different versions of himself. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Mm. <laughs> that's very good. Are, Which one? Are we going to be able to tell people that the 2002 movie is talk to her and the- then feel like we did a good job? I if I mean like all of our qualifications for how we decide and what becomes I can't in good conscience pick Spider-Man over this movie. So if that redefines what my determinations are, then that's fine, but I It's just it's like it's fun. It's almost like okay, when I when I was not a kid, when I was like uh 10 or 11 or something that's a kid that's a kid okay so when i was a kid there would be this type of picture book for younger kids that's the thing my point is it wasn't for me at my age it was for younger kids where like you could press buttons and it made sounds hell yeah i feel like we are comparing (laughs) one of those books to like an actual to war and peace yeah you know so it's like it's fun to have the buttons that make noises but at the end of the day like what is the artistic endeavor and and this is one of those times where it's it's definitely high time to pick nits and if this was Spider-Man 2, yeah, dude. maybe then we, we might could have talking. a conversation. <laughs> but it's Spider-Man 1. It's got Bonesaw. It's got Uncle Ben. He's uh, ready. No Alfred Molina. No Molina. Molina heads out there in shambles. Yeah, I... But wait, hold on. Is one of the two... I think that... what is one of the two guys in Talk to Her name Molina? Probably. I'm gonna, you guys talk. I'm going to look this <laughs> up. I think this is Should true. Should we talk to him? And by that, I mean each other. Talk to her makes you feel like there's a reason for movies. Like, like Spider-Man is fun, and it feels like there's a reason for Spider-Man. Talk to her makes you think there's a reason why this medium exists, and right. it's for things like this. There's a guy in the movie Kiss of the Spider-Woman that's named Alina. So okay, I, I well, got confused good. there. Same thing. Yeah, you, Same get points. you get a point still. Thanks, buddy. They don't count, but... I don't think this is particularly close. 
I don't think that we have a like we enjoyed talking about Spider-Man. It was our number one seed because Letterboxd gave us that, but I don't think there's a lot of debate here. Should we just all three keys at once piss off the internet? <laughs> yes, let's piss off the internet. Talk, talk to her. Talk to her. Talk to her. Oh, wait, hold on. Talk to her. Talk to her. Talk to her. Talk talk to her. Talk to her. I'll edit it. So Man, do you remember being in high school? Because that's what it felt like when you're just like sitting I don't behind want to, your okay? crush. All of the friends saying it to all of the friends. I want to just look at her from across the room and feel sad. We all have our own process. And just listening to Usher's You Got It Bad. Trying not to cry. Too real? Next battle of round two. 20th seed battle royale. 12th seed adaptation. We are what we are. Yeah. I love and We are Kaufman. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, Battle Royale is like the, a movie you describe to someone and they're like, oh, I get it. And you're like, no, I but wait, there's don't. more going on in there. The movie I, I thought about a lot, I think it's better than this, but it was Death Race 2000, where you're yes. like, in between all the silly weirdness of this, like, you're making some really interesting points. And art doesn't have to always just be a slog, it can sometimes right. be like fun. What was the uh, 04 winner, did you say? Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. And now uh, Adaptation's about to move on. I'm picking up, oh, a, yeah. I'm no. picking up a theme. <laughs> in. Wait, yeah. we, we often talk about how um, different we Spielberg are. and Lee <laughs> yeah. are our guys, but I think there's we ignore the one because it would be too obvious and revealing to say who our I, real guys are i honestly feel like all season long we've showed incredible restraint <laughs> to not get like honestly we've had some seasons where like remember that in 88 we brought up die hard uh uh-huh. we from the from the jump, oh it's die hard. we were like this is the die hard season where die hard wins <laughs> but we've been like sort of like very quietly just been like oh adaptation interesting. oh is that one of the movies i don't but, even like know this is the last season. episode so can we just say that like Adaptation is going to win, and it's going to beat Battle Royale right now. We can't say it yet, Greg. Yeah, say yeah, it that's later. Like, why they they're going to turn it off? Okay, we got to yeah. we got to have some Keep tension, listening, sexual and it, otherwise. It's going to win. It's going to win this one, and not because Battle Royale is a pushover, not because of anything bad about Battle Royale, but because of when you look, put strength versus strength, adaptation's the better movie. Yeah, those kids are weak. Adaptation is just a nonstop ball of like invention. It's just like it's what do you want? Do you want entertainment? Do you want laughs? Do you want sexiness? Do you want, like I mean, we're we've got it. We've got it on tap. Just tell us what you want. And like for a movie in the final act to be like, like the whole first you know two thirds are just boring artsy fartsy bullshit. But in the third act to finally realize what a movie does and fucking do it with like gators biting things. Yeah, dude. Gators, oh, bring them in. Oh, movies are stupid. I got this. <laughs> Honestly, he does repair the central missing element of the book, though, which is in the movie, she gets to see the uh, the flower. Yeah. And she's just like, this sucks ass. <laughs> what is, st- like, this is dumb. Life is How much of my life? Yes. And honestly, he goes a little crazy, obviously giving her too much, too much of an ending, but I really do think that's what the ending is, right? Oh, it's a flower. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, adaptation moves on. We are going to dive right into our first award of tonight. The biggest shithead. Ryan? Yes. Oh, was you're that a little biggest. joke? That was like a little, a little dig there, as if you're the biggest shithead, I think. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, looking at you too, I am the biggest shithead. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Um, so, uh, as we have to do every season, uh, we don't have a best villain award. Um, Villains are bad. That's too why. easy. What we have is biggest shithead. Uh, speaking of Die Hard, I do think that what's his name is Alan Rickman is like the best actor in that movie, yeah. best character, but biggest shithead Alice. is Ellis. Ellis is our patron saint. Of patron shitheads. saint of biggest shithead. Mike, the first nominee is Conklin, played by Chris Cooper from The Born Identity. What a shit! What is his motivation other than to be a shithead to everybody around him? He's just trying to cover his own ass the whole time. It's it's power for power's sake, and he's yes. so transparent about it. But still, everybody's like, "Well, I guess we gotta we gotta do it." And just he's trying Kevin to Kevin McCarthy of a fucker. He's oh, trying to protect the, that is it. the CIA. He wants to protect all the rancid shit the CIA has done. He yeah. doesn't want anybody to know about it. 
Uh, Greg, your next nominee is Kostya Novotny from 25th Hour. Is this fucking Tony Saragusa? It's Tony Saragusa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How do you make a movie about New York and then cast Tony Saragusa in it? You have him be a big fucking shit. The first thing... Oh, no. The first thing is, like, hey, don't save that dog. Let, hey. let's hit, uh, let him die on the street. But then the second scene that we see is, like, oh, mom with baby. Hey, come here. Suck yeah. my dick. Uh, you, you want the half a Russian baby, huh? Um, Are Russians vampires? um yeah not a not a super interesting character and then it's revealed that like he's the source of the betrayal and it's like he's the narc that makes sense and not only is he the narc he tried to poison monty against natural his girlfriend of like 10 years and uh, Uh, and and someone who has literally never done one thing wrong ever played by uh unnominated tonight rosario dawson we had room for one rosario she didn't make it uh, Mike, your next nominee is Elizabeth Egan from Punch Drunk Love. The two weeks ago this, aforementioned Mary Rice Cup. Mary, Mary Lynn Rice Cub. Uh, she is in a family of shitheads. She is the biggest by far in this. And in, and in such a real traumatizing, triggering way. I'm not going to name any names. I've met Elizabeth Egan too many times in my life. And it, it, it hurts to watch. Yeah, Rice Cup really made her a shit. She acts like she's being imposed upon when she's really imposing on everybody. Like she acts like the world's being mean to her when she's being like so cruel to everyone around her. I oh think that you should meet my brother. Meet the brother. Oh, I'm so sorry he acts like this. Just on the flip of a dime. Just like mm. we abused him until he got weird. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and that's his fault. Do you respect though though the uh I'm in a family of shitheads? what it takes to become the most shitheadiest. Oh, yeah. It's powerful. I'm turned on by it. You know you, you know the one I'm most impressed by? The eldest sister who clearly like acts nice but allows everybody else to be right. so cruel. She probably Greg, sends them off to do her cruel business. Greg, the next nominee is Susan Orlean's husband from Adaptation. Okay, here's why. Here's <laughs> why. She, they're at a party and they're all kind of making fun of, uh, of, of, of Chrissy Coop's character. And she's already kind of feeling bad about that. And she's like, she has to get him to use the restroom. And she's like, don't tell this story about the van. Don't tell this story so about anyway, the van. So anyway, about the van. And then yeah. at first it's like kind of like he's teasing about it. But then he like fucking. You can hear him from when yes. she's in the bathroom. You can hear him telling that fucking story. Hey, shithead. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> brother. Like you're the reason why she's so disillusioned with life. You fucking suck. Just New York pretension. I can't stand. I can't stand in movies and in real life. Adult dinner parties of this like (laughs) conversation. It fucking kills me. So I have to podcast with you guys. And all these people are like ostensible like liberals. Yes. Yes. But they're they're like absolutely mocking somebody who's just slightly different. (laughs) And that's like, well, not very different. To a T, the rich East Coast liberal. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Is Do you know how many scarves are collectively owned by this table? Oh, man. Nice ones, too. If you also hate adult parties, you should check out Pacu Pacu Pacu's song, Adult Party. It does a pretty good job at lampooning these people. Mike, your final nominee. And I don't know if this guy's nominated because of his character or because of his personhood, but it's Harry Osborn from Spider Man. No, I. You know what? I I tried to be legit and just Harry Osborn is such a cry, whiny, yes. rich piece of Columbia bullshit. And maybe I'm showing colors that I've run into Harry Osborn in real life too many times. Perfect but you shouldn't have crow's feet at 19, you little fuck. <laughs> this he spends the whole movie acting like. Do you remember that scene where Crispin Glover? tries to act in Back to the Future, like, here's what he's going to tell Biff. This is how Harry Osborn is the entire movie. Like, you know what, Pete? You said that you were done with her, and you said it was fine for me. But in a way, I do think it works for the character. That that never struck me as uh, James Franco can't act there. It is Harry Osborn is such a paper-thin human being that he is trying to, like... He wants the vitality of his dad and doesn't have it. So he comes out whiny and is like, and here's how I think the world owes me things. And what a fucking power move to be like, uh, my son sucks, but I'm going to make my son's best friend think that I like him just to punish my son. (laughs) Awesome. Mm, Your nominees for biggest shithead are Conklin from The Bourne Identity, Elizabeth Egan from Punch Drunk Love, Harry Osborn from Spider-Man, Kostya Novotny from 25th Hour and Susan Orlean's husband from Adaptation. I feel like, based on how we've talked, I feel like that dinner party fuck, that yeah. <laughs> fucking fuck is yeah. the winner here. 
And your winner is, oof, we all have sisters. It's Elizabeth Egan <laughs> from Punch Drunk <laughs> Love. <laughs> yeah, it's just too real, and she does such a good job. Yeah, I think it, it's, a, it's a figure we're more acquainted with. We are going to take the quickest of breaks, and when we come back, more battles and more awards. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That superhero show show, that's movie of the year, and that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Russian Ark, your 50th seed versus your 10th seed, Minority Report. Hmm. Another movies, they can be anything. Now, Minority Report is more than just an action movie, Ryan. Uh huh. It's sci-fi, it's futurism, it's commentary on the human condition how do we how do we live with the knowledge of the future the thriller cruise i feel like that even more than a spielberg movie is spielberg a cruise movie is cruise and but isn't this one kind of like the least cruise or like but not once he starts running yeah Yeah. he's he's all cruise baby when he tackles the guy with the worst jetpack (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Then you're like, cruise, baby. The world's worst jetpack. Did we do, we did best action, right? Best violence. I can't believe uh, Anderton run. Or like everyone saying, yeah. don't run. Don't run. Do run. I do run, run, run. Run, run, run. <laughs> I, I really liked Russian Ark. Uh-oh. And it's really interesting. Um, and I would recommend everybody see it just to. to... Just to say that you have seen right. it. Yeah. Just to, to have something to push your glasses up about. And because there's cool moments and it'll make you think. But Minor- Minority Report, man, it just feels like like a major movie of 2002. Like you couldn't be part of the culture. You can't look back to the year. You can't even now like watch a, a sci-fi movie without reckoning with and- Minority Report. O2 is shit. We, we, we said a week ago that the, the cusp of CGI and practical effects and how they blend. But I think one of Spider-Man's problems is Spider-Man has turned into every two years there's a Spider-Man. This is Minority Report's yeah. year. And what it thought for good and ill the future would be, it's so much more drab and more boring and still gross is what the future actually is. But the advertising is tailored directly to us. Yeah, that was that was that was the creepiest part. Is pressure. Hey, you buy this thing. <laughs> I heard you talking you look, about this. Buy it. Every you looked at uh, these pants once. Buy these pants now. Every spokesperson is Danny DeVito. Say, hey, <laughs> look at hey. these pants. Um, when we go like, if we had to make a list, and this this is a weird list of like, fuck, man, Spielberg is great. So I'm not talking about Jaws or Close Encounters or Raiders or E.T., or any of that era, but, like, the, his later works. Your war horses, if you will. Uh, is Minority Report up there of, like, fuck, man, damn. Yeah. Like, he still got it later, St- Spielberg, yeah. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we've done as far as bracketing goes is leaving AI off the bracket, because yes. that's my all-timer. But mm-hmm. with this, with uh, with Minority Report, with War of the Worlds, he just, every, like, four or five years, you know, you have to put up with the war horses and the Amistads to get to this, like, shit, dude. And then he just cracks his neck and goes, I got to show the kids something. I got to show them the adventures of Tintin. (laughs) Somebody's got to. Gentlemen, it's time to vote. Greg. Yeah, I don't know that I realized that this would would be as clear. But just hearing them listed, I was just like, without a doubt, it's Minority Report. 
Ryan. I we will get to a point where I will stop saying this, but I can't now. It's Russian Ark. Really? This is I I I loved Russian Ark, but I think this is I think Minority Report is an O2 buzzsaw for me. And Minority it is ready. Report moves on. It is ready. Well, that's bone saw. Sorry, not buzzsaw. Bone saw is ready. All saws are ready. <laughs> In Next, the future, uh, all saws are ready. <laughs> <laughs> Round two, battle four is. Your third seed, catch me if you can, and your twenty-second seed, Chicago. I'm sorry, Mike. If I if I remember how brackets work, and I think that I do, if catch me if you can moves on, it will be Spielberg v Spielberg. That is true. And now, do you want to meta battle this out, or do you want to fight with honor? Uh, I I think that like if I was going to come up with the taste buds, it's like uh, guys, do you remember movies? Do you remember uh, when studios made studio movie ass movies? I think that both of these are. I think that both of them are like. Big budget and four quadrants. Like, couldn't yes. you take uh, your wife, your mom, and your niece to either one of these movies and they'd all love hey, it? Cuck, hang out with some bros. No, What's dude? your problem? G- guys are fucking boring. Have you guys <laughs> talked to dudes? That's true. I would never. Yeah. Stupid. They watch Spike TV. <laughs> and we watch Spike Lee. You know, I think what, the di- what it's going to come down to for me is... I feel I and I felt this way the the whole time we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Catch me if you can. Every single element of it feels kind of perfect, and then for whatever and reason, yet. when you put it all together, it just doesn't quite get there. And I like I'm still kind of puzzled at that. Whereas Chicago, I I really feel like it does everything perfectly. If there's a drop, there's a slight drawback in that I think that the singing could be better for some of the actors. But beyond I should have done it. Yeah. <laughs> they all should have been played by Ryan. Uh, I could have clumped that movie up. But so. besides that, like, I don't know. The, the soundtrack you could listen to all day, every day. I The dance numbers are hot, and they're fun, and they're cool. The comedy is there. I, I totally get the first thing that you said about Catch Me, which is, like, this is a 10. Like, I did the math mm-hmm. in my head. Yeah. But it's all mathematical. And it's not it's all emotional. Science. Right. No screaming. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is a different kind of podcast. For I, for me, like, Catch Me definitely gets me more emotional, I think, than it does Greg. But, like, I, there are so many movies where I'm like, I get what everybody's saying. I just disagree. Yeah. You know? Or, like, the sum, it's less than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think you especially see that in... Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio, which, like, again, they're individual performances you can't fault. But then why isn't there that synergy there? And I'm. If it was spot. Brad Pitt and George Clooney and it was called Ocean's Eleven and had the script of Ocean's Eleven, now we are Shit. talking. That is moving on, maybe. <laughs> All right, so Ocean's Eleven moves on? Yeah, Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven. Eleven. What, a great, what a great movie. And, but voting for real. Ryan? Uh, what are we doing? Catch me if you can. Chicago and catch me if you can. Um, whereas the math, like Chicago is very clearly laid out mathematically to get me and everyone mm-hmm. and Oscars. And I can see, you can see the math and the science. And yet I keep going back to this U word. It's undeniable. I'm going with Chicago. Undeniable. Greg. Yeah. It's just, it's delivering so many different things. Chicago. <laughs> it really is. Chicago moves on. Coming up next, uh, feels very apropos. It's award times for musical moment. Oh, good timing! Right now, yeah, right now, right now. Uh, not nominated. Mike was Busker performs the Spider-Man theme. Delightful, delightful moment. And how true to New York is that? Almost even more true than you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> is an annoying busker singing a song that'll get stuck in your head the rest of the day. And then also not nominated for me. I think this was a point of contention in the 24-hour Party People show where I can't remember where you landed, Mike, but I think my best musical moment and Greg's worst yes. musical moment was the same, Louis, Louis. which was Louie Louie. Everybody, sta- yeah, everybody on stage being like, let's take this song that nobody likes and make it worse. Only one part in any movie we've done over the last eight years for 2002 did I go, I want to be there right now. Uh, and it's that. <laughs> Even over Macy Gray singing at the celebration, parade of celebration. 
I know a big gargoyle thing would fall on my head. I wish I had been a part of the Spider-Man Mary Jane upside down kiss. I wish I also could have well, been there sure. smooching on both of them. Oh, just a hot three-way kiss. Yeah. Greg, just oh. your head comes and in from a different weird in angle. Weird angle. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they both close their eyes, not knowing that those are Greg's <laughs> cheeks. Oh, he's beardier than I thought. She's beardier than I thought. <laughs> Uh, Mike, unfortunately, Spider-Man and 24-Hour Party People could not be nominated in this category. Yeah. We are five for five, gentlemen. I believe this is the first time. Mike, I'm going to start with you. The with, Chicago Five. With <laughs> all that jazz. All that jazz kicks off the whole movie, and it lets you know uh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be sexy. Tejik is going to be just in the background being fun and sexy. And get used to watching a dope performance and crazy action happen at the same time, the way they flash back and forth. I love all that jazz because uh, from as being a person, like I'll go like I have to talk to three other people and I will hyperventilate before I have to do it. Whereas Catherine Zeta Jones is like, I just murdered somebody, wipe my hands off, put my cigarette out. And now I'm going to go perform all that jazz. Don't be a Ryan. Be a Catherine Zeta. Uh, I think I went to Greg last time for this one, so I'll go to you, Mike, again for Cell Block Tango musical moment. I mean, what do you need out of a musical moment? It's it's sultry. It's a great song. It's sexy. It gives you six stories in five minutes. Uh, do you remember all the is, words? Uh, yes. What? Oh, I thought you meant of the song, but you mean their six words? Pop, yeah. uh, squish, Cicero. Six. Nah. Lipshits. Lipshits. There you go. Greg, the next one is Mr. Cellophane. Oh, yeah. Dude, uh, Mr. Incellophane. Because um, <laughs> you can look right through him, pass right by him, and never know he's there. This could have been a, a slow, sucky moment for the show, but it actually, like, it, it does a good job of being compelling. John C. Riley does a, a good job singing and, and dancing. Not the low point it could have been. I was so stoked this was nominated because I'm such a huge fan of it. I talked about it a lot in the Chicago uh, episode. So, Greg, the next one is Roxy with all the dudes being like, she's gonna do Foxy, Roxy, heart. That one. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't love Roxy? And then, Mike, <laughs> she wasn't nominated for Best Actress, but she did sing When You're Good to Mama. I mean, I feel like... There was a lot of hooting and hollering and turned into cartoon wolves just talking about yes. that song. And she, I think she's great throughout the movie, but the proof of the concept of why Queen Latifah should be in Chicago is, well, one, you should get an actual singer, and two, it's it's this song specifically. Is that a bad idea, though? Because then you have to compare her to Richard Gere and Renee Zellweger. Yeah, then Richard <laughs> Gere is, is there, and he's like, uh, I don't know. I think because Billy is such a shithead, it works. Uh, no Mr. Razzle Dazzle, no... Um she went for the, for the gun. gun. Yeah. The puppets. So Richard uh, Gere is not. We have five other songs here. Your nominees are All That Jazz, Cell Block Tango, Mr. Cellophane, Roxy, and When You're Good to Mama, all from the movie Chicago. Gentlemen, what do you think? One. I'm going to say When You're Good to Mama. Cell Block Tango. Cell Block Tango is the yes. moment of the year. Yeah, that it, that is such an impressive number. Very fun. Very hot. Well, congratulations, Cell Block Tango. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, round three, battle one. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you could pay for ryan to draw you a picture uh, i can write you a poem you can get the shirts off our very own backs all of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter while you're on the internet you should check out shady monk he does all the tunes you've been listening to he's on Bandcamp. he's on spotify uh, soundcloud wherever kids get their music these days that i'm too old to know shady monk lives there uh, you can probably follow him on twitter and instagram as well that's shady monk wherever you get music Check them out. Taste Buds, your round three first battle is your 40th seed, Talk to Her, versus your 12th seed, Adaptation. Uh-oh. Well, here's the finals, gentlemen. That's Chicago. Well, here's the Greg. West Coast finals in the NBA. 
talk to her is challenging. It is upsetting. Um, I think it shows you bad people, and then before it's done, it's like, and you're kind of one of them. Um, and it like it is more m- multimodal than uh, I think we have given it credit for when we when we've talked about it. Like it, there's little skits in the middle. Uh, there's that we haven't talked about it, but we talked about it a lot on the on the episode. But uh, the talk show where the uh, lady bullfighter is like, I don't want to talk about my oh yeah, my my like uh, the problems I'm having with my ex boyfriend, and the talk show host won't let her talk about anything else, and then like tries to like tackle her. It's <laughs> as weird as a man walking into a vagina. Yeah, it, it the 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 weirdness of the movie and the way that becomes like um, a major like lever that delivers mm-hmm. its meaning. It, like, I don't want to be melodramatic, but, like, it, like you do kind of, like, come away from this movie changed. Uh, challenged, and you don't feel great, but changed. And, and, like, you know, we've talked about Spike Lee all night, even after he's gotten booted. I'll say booted instead of canceled. Spike Lee has not been canceled. But, like, those Almodovar moments are what I am looking for is, like, no, you could have given this script to a thousand other directors, and no right. one would have done your shit. Spike and Pedro. But adaptation, again, like, I think you could say all those things yeah, about... Yeah, they're shitty. Yeah. People, you come away shitty because the whole time you're like, well, I'm one of these dumbass Kaufman brothers. And then there's one additional element, without without sacrificing much of anything else, there is this additional element, which is, it is so entertaining. Like, mm. it is so funny and so interesting, and especially... If you're a big like Kaufman guy like we are, the way it's nestled into like being John Malkovich and getting to see elements of that, just yeah, very delightful. Plus the the catchphrases that have wormed their way into my life. Uh, if you uh, ask me any question and you don't respond like I want, I will say, "But mom said it was psychologically taught." Mom said it was yes. psychologically taught. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, which one does mom say is psychologically taught, gentlemen? Which is moving on? I think it's adaptation. I uh, love adaptation. I feel like I'm too close to adaptation, which is not anything to take away from talk to her. I think that talk to her is revelatory. I have to go with talk to her. Wow. Which, Ryan like, impressed. When, before we started O2, I was like, oh, this is the adaptation season. But I, right. I, I can't. Did I already say that in this episode? Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> but adaptation moves on. But I'm impressed by your bravery. <laughs> I'm a brave person. You're a brave little boy. Next up, we're going to switch things up and going back to an award, Best Actor. Uh, Mike, not nominated. Toby McGuire, you were the only one who thought that he should be nominated. I think he does great. He's such a good Peter Parker in Spider-Man. His weird gravelly voice. I think he's great, too. Uh, also not nominated uh, nominated for an Oscar, but not here, was Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, it's a, Bill the Butcher is an interesting character. It's fun to watch uh, watch him do it, but I don't know. I think the, the taint of that movie is too much to overcome. Plus, like... So much taint. It feels like SNL, like, I'm Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike, the first nominee is one Happy Gilmore from Billy Madison. It th- this this changed his life and ours. Nobody knew he could do this except for PTA. And damn it, it's amazing. I I'll fucking goddamn if it's not amazing. I'll be goddamned. I love Adam Sandler so much. And when he's like, "Oh, rage isn't just funny; it's also disturbing." You're like, "Yeah, Adam, that's the song I want to hear you play." This is disturbing to watch. Yeah, watching him get like wound up and then release. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's also, great. it's nice to see him in a suit. I feel like you're always he seeing the Sandman in, in sweatpants or basketball shorts, but nice to see him dressed up in a suit. Yeah, that blue fucking suit. That, that he wears the suit. entire movie <laughs> and that people never stop being like, so you're still wearing the suit, huh? Okay. I don't know if this is insulting, so I'm going to do this to both of you. Um, I'm going to say Dario Grandetti and Javier Camara from Talk to Her are both nominated. Therefore, we could just talk about the performances and together, and I don't have to look up to see, because they're not stars, so I don't know which one is. Yeah, which. right. There's Benino, the guy that on face value is the creepier of the two, who seems to be kind of like initiating the reporter. He's still, I'd say he's still creepier. 
Yeah, but I by the end of the movie, I don't know. I think that I think that his initial creepiness is is shown to be sort of just like an outer coating that both men have the same sort of creepy core. I th- One rate they don't both rape, right? Doesn't just Benino rape Como lady? Yeah, I don't think that. No, but he. But the okay on a on a on a, like a thematic level, right. He does not do. He doesn't actually do that in the same way that nobody turns into a little man and then crawls into the woman. Mm. But he enters into the same type of relationship with her, where she becomes like his doll. Or again, breaking less laws. Yeah, but he's still right. going to try to do that thing where it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ha- I know what your lived experience is probably like, and so I'm going to like adopt it or something like that. And I also, mean, I'm a man, so I should be in charge of a woman, and I can't do that in real life, so I'm going to do that in coma life. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna take over. I'm going to kick the door down and take over here. Yeah, and I and, and it's kind of shown that he was already doing that in their relationship a little bit. I, I always think of that scene. The movie's called Talk to Her, right? And uh, the last thing that his girlfriend says to him before getting put in that coma is, we need to talk. And he's like, we've been talking. And she's like, actually, right. you've been talking. I have oh, something I need to right. tell you. Um, and so I think that like on, on face value, one of them seems creepier, but then it's kind of shown to, to just connect back to the same core. I think but, that, uh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. As I, I was going to say, as performances, the, the way they blend and hopscotch and, and double judge all around between who you empathize with and how, like you can't get two chuds to play these roles. <laughs> like no. they are yeah. phenomenal. Um, it couldn't be you and it couldn't be Mike and Greg. It would have to be me and me. I would clump this movie up and I would kill <laughs> you it. Ha- you, that's not a verb, right? You can't say you're gonna clump things. Okay, nobody knows I, what that means. I like it. I think he can clump anything he wants. On first viewing, it seems like hey, uh, you do way less and you do way more, right? Mm-hmm. As performances, and that's actually not true. Like uh, the guy who doesn't play Benino, what's the other character's name? Oscar. I don't know. Oscar. Um, is giving very little, but Benino is actually not giving that much. This is not a Robin Williams yeah. Al Pacino performance, you know. No. Like you, like you think that he is because he's supposed to be like the weirdo, the obvious weirdo. But they're both sort of like getting you in their beams and bringing you in. Greg, the next nominee is Nicolas Cage from the movie Adaptation. Well, if you're playing two parts, that's acting. If you're clumping, <laughs> if you're clumping, as the kids call it. Uh, that's acting, and um, it it's what's really fun is that a lot like the fellas from um, Talk to Her, these characters get shown they're twin brothers who couldn't seem more different, and then yet the movie <laughs> explores how similar they really are, uh, and that becomes like a a fun element of it is is watching how they really are cut from the same cloth because of the same guy. Because they're, they're Charlie they're the Kaufman same divided person. in half. I know, but like, wouldn't you expect a lesser screenwriter to show us flashbacks of when they were kids and their parents and their parents now and like how they shape them? And I feel I, like a I, lesser screenwriter would have had one brother be black. Like, the bit would be very cool, and the other yeah. one be very dorky. And instead, sunglasses indoors. The cool one is also as dorky, but he just thinks he's cool, <laughs> and so it's that how actually kind of makes him cool. And also yeah. to get us to understand why, like he, I don't want to be around Donald. He fucking sucks. But I also, when Charlie is like talking shit, I'm like, hey, don't treat Donald like that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, be, uh, you would accept, like, you accept somebody talking to themselves that way, but you wouldn't accept somebody talking to another character that way. Mikey, we have one more spot left, and we had to give it to Doug Coogs. Duck Cooks. He carries this movie. I'm surprised he isn't on his back the way Donald is because uh, he carries this movie. It would not be the same without him. 24 uh, hour party people should say that. Uh, don't remember his character's name. But the way he is Oscar. just owns. Tony Wilson? Huh? It's Oscar Tony Wilson. And the. He he's so funny. He's so smarmy. He, even though he's despicable, he makes you want to watch him. He's a magnetic. Your nominees are Adam Sandler from Punch Drunk Love, Dario Grandetti from Talk to Her, Javier Camara from Talk to Her, Nicolas Cage from Adaptation, and Steve Coogan from 24-Hour Party People. And your winner is, gentlemen, hopefully, I don't know if this gives away too much for the rest of the night, but it's Nicolas Cage from Adaptation. Who could have guessed? He played two roles. He clumped it. (laughs) That bitch be clumping. He clumping. 
congratulations, Nick Cage. You can come pick up your award at the Pop Filter Studios in sunny Burbank, California. And let's move on to round three, I'm battle two. To, sorry, Mike, but I'm starting to feel a little bit of patron, patron saint. I'm starting to feel a little bit of Hall of Fame. With Is this guy not in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame? Nick Cage is not, no. That's crazy. I mean, how often do we give each other face-offs? Yes. We, we do. We face off each other we a lot constantly more. Than, face each yeah. other. I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Our wives have asked us to stop doing it, but we don't. Yeah. My wife like, I actually don't find you all equally. Attractive. Our bodies are not similar at all, so it's very clear when we've done it. Every time I put Mike's face on me and I go to bed, she's like, Oh, fat Mike is here. Great. Let's do this. <laughs> Man, I hear that a lot too though. <laughs> I think we've all been you, called fat Mike at least once. <laughs> All of the no effects cover bands we're in. Your next battle is Minority Report versus Chicago. Oh God, guys, we were so close to Spielberg v. Spielberg. Spielberg we were so v. close, Spielberg. but we just we couldn't do it. It was our failing. And because of that, I think that this is Spielberg is gone. I yeah, I would not have expected uh, at the beginning of the season that Catch Me If You Can is the Spielberg that got kicked out later. It really took rewatching both of them. To my my estimation has changed of those two movies. Do you know what, dude? These, it's this cruise thing of like, oh, he just makes average action movies. But can I also bring up Edge of Tomorrow slash Live Die Repeat? Oh, just like Edge of Tomorrow's dead. Just the best. All fucking we need movie. is kill. All we need is kill. <laughs> I think that Top Gun Maverick was finally, or the maybe the Mission Impossible movies were. The, it's like, oh, uh, we should go see his movies. I guess. Yeah, but in this particular matchup, I do feel like I'm judging. The high points versus the high points. And Chicago's coming out just a scotch ahead. Would you say Chicago is undeniable? Uh, in this particular matchup, it feels like that. So this is as close a matchup as I as I feel like we've experienced in 2002. But it's if anything, it's making me really remember how entertaining Chicago is. When we started this year, I was like, oh, Chicago, that'll be like a really fun watch. But about Like halfway, a lark. Yeah, kind of. And yeah. then halfway through work. it, it's like, wow, this is almost too good to remember how good it all yeah. is. Also, Your one, brain can't handle it. They should have sent a poet. One best picture at the <laughs> Oscars? Yeah. Like, that's so you're going to get trashed then. Like, we're going to watch you and we're going to trash your ass. Because yeah, you have one musical best picture. green book. What are you, crash? You know, I, I guess it doesn't go for that schlocky, maudlin, Mm-mm. like, and then here's a message, right? Like, it, it's very much like nobody's right. Pop yeah, quiz. The cynic. What, what was movie of the year for 1991? Ter- uh, it wasn't Terminator 2. <laughs> it wasn't Terminator. Not Terminator 2, Ryan. It was the Signs of the, the Land. Oh, yeah, Winner of Best of Picture Land. at the Oscars that year. Oh, no. There's a precedent well, that's set. I mean, some, sometimes our likes align with theirs. I think that Chicago does have broad appeal, but it it has broad appeal that doesn't sacrifice to achieve it. Correct, Amundo, as the kids say. Ryan, vote. I... It's Chicago. Greg? Chicago. Undeniable Undeniable. Chicago. Before we take a break, let's talk about Best Actress. Uh, Not nominated, Mike, was uh, David Chase, the voice of Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. I'm sorry, buddy. She's great. She's Uh, adorable. Lilo should be a bigger character in the Disney pantheon. Greg, your first nominee is the oft-talked-about across these three episodes, Diane Lane from Unfaithful. Yeah, uh, besides being, you know, enchanting and, and beautiful and everything, th- she's got, like, a, a a tough road to to travel in, in this because she's both guilty and titillated by what she's doing. And I mm-hmm. think she does, you know, as exemplified by the, the train scene where she's, like, sort of alternating between laughing and crying. That's the biggest, most obvious moment of it. But you see her navigate that throughout. And again, I just wish the movie had had like sort of the faith to uh, to see it through all the way to the end and not, I don't know, take a, a weird right turn and suddenly become a thriller. I'm now remembering in our last episode where we actually picked a different scene where the movie turned, and that's when she meets her two friends at a restaurant. Oh, yeah, and then mm-hmm. he, they, she bangs Paul in the they bathroom. She bangs Paul in the bathroom, yeah. but they're like, oh... If you do this, then like I ruined my life. I didn't. I don't know what you're doing, Diane Lane, but I know that I ruined my life, and because right. I was a cunt. And then the other one's like, "Oh, you slut, get it, just get it." And then <laughs> we're like, "Oh, okay, now we get what the movie is saying exactly." But Diane Lane, anybody missed it? 
Diane Lane rises above every scene that is poorly written. Yeah. Yes. Mike, your next nominee is from a little movie called Chicago. <laughs> it's Renee Zellweger. Chicago. Where where did she go? She is so phenomenal. Gave us uh, Bridget Jones one. I'm not going to talk about the other Bridget Jones movies. Uh, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> you got to take this. a stand. She uh, appeared again recently, and she looked really different, and that was like a big story, that was a big and then thing. she was in a couple things. She won a Best Actress Oscar a couple years ago for a movie called Judy. Um, oh. And then also, Mike, didn't she before this, besides Bridget Jones, also wear an orange apron? In, and it's confusing because Music Town's rules say you can't wear anything but revealing, but then they give their employees just an apron to wear? <laughs> Does not make sense. Does not make sense, Joe. Uh, and that's a great musical moment. Sugar High on top of oh, Empire yeah, Records. Oh, yeah, sure. Sugar High rules. <laughs> but in here, I, I think so she... So she had her musical bona fides yeah, before yes. that on that roof. Far and wide. She, I think she's so good, and you forget because she's in like rom-com and lighter fare, and then she comes in here and just crushes all the the shitty, awesome, like watchable protagonist that amc and hbo would make their bones with later like what she is that piece of garbage what is that about her besides misogyny that like every time she's in a movie like when you see the trailer for jerry mcguire or chicago or bridget jones or whatever you're like but renee zellweger why i don't like her no bitch you do you know (laughs) that you do and i I do think it's because her films are like this is a serious movie like the king's speech like there are fun in her movies and that bothers people she is dope. All right. Next up, Greg, is Emily Watson from Punch Drunk Love. That's the girlfriend? Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, my favorite part of this movie, I think, is when they finally, like, begin their relationship together and you see them, like, open up to each other. And I felt like that was the realest. Um, and, it, like, it's an intimate moment in the movie and it feels genuinely intimate. And she's a huge part of the reason why. Uh, yeah, I, I always go back to the scene of them in the hotel room where she's on the phone with yeah. the biggest shithead of the year, exactly. Elizabeth Egan, <laughs> um, and just lying to her, basically. And then also the end where she's like, hey, I know you are Adam Sandler, but you can't act like this anymore. Like, you can't, you can't treat me like shit. You, like, you can be as right. weird as yeah. you want to the world and to yourself, but you can't treat me like this anymore. But you can't just, like, sort of shuffle out of, out of the picture Buffalo. for a while. Uh, let's go with Mike. The next nominee is two-time nominee tonight, Samantha Morton, but this time for Morvern Collar. I mean, what a year. What a year for Morton. The uh, year of Morton is how we refer to it, basically. Morton Collar. And <laughs> such different roles, except that they both have very tenuous... Milk. Uh, grasps on reality and connections to reality and how they're supposed to act, and... To, I should only talk about right. I, it's hard to not talk about both at once, but honestly, to, if a little bit of her performance in Minority Report slips into her winning this, I mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Just a bit of a thumb on the scale. Yeah, it's to, to, for a pretty quiet movie, despite the fact that she does hack up a body in underwear. <laughs> uh, to carry that on your shoulders without doing much, when we we constantly say we want an actor to do two things at once, she's constantly doing three or four things, but not in a twitchy eye obvious uh way yeah she's phenomenal i mean that's the thing that i think ramsey does amazingly is say like what if the camera stayed on the person who is not the extrovert Mm -hmm. but like the introvert faking extroversion and i'm gonna keep the camera on there to watch what she looks at and why she looks at it you know and morton and ramsey like this should have been like a de niro scorsese pairing like the two of them should have made a million movies together they both fucked up Greg, your final nominee is not supporting actress Meryl Streep, but as you screamed about in our first episode of the finale, lead actress Meryl Streep from Adaptation. Yeah, I mean, what would the what would the movie be without her? Uh, and she gets to do the same thing Chris Cooper did, which is we get like different versions of her, uh, but all in a way that feels like it harkens back to the same character. You know, she almost becomes like a gangster at the end of this movie and another thing that uh, that we got is like very like um flirty girlish version of her which i i feel like i haven't seen in a lot of movies and she really carries very effectively there's something about streep's talent and i mean talent in like 
acting talent that sort of uh, makes us think that she's not a babe, but yeah. she's a babe. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, yeah, she's, she's a kind a of like a, a world apart because she's like a generational talent. Right. And she's like maybe yeah. the most you know uh, talented actor that we have, but she is also extremely cute and mm-hmm. she brings out that cuteness and girlishness that he, that, 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 uh, the guy she's profiling brings out in her and like we see it kind of like generate in her and it's just very real something that her white husband shithead cut could never bring out in her you know like he's so all about this table and impressing people that well no because the adults talk like this and make jokes like this (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh but maybe keep the toes away next time not for everybody. Some people are happy to see those toesies, Ryan. Your nominees for Best Actress of the Year are Diane Lane from Unfaithful, Emily Watson from Punch Drunk Love, Meryl Streep from Adaptation, Renee Zellweger from Chicago, and Samantha Morton from Morven Carla. This has to be our biggest, best lineup of any. Yeah, Sometimes it's hard that. to get the Best Actress yes. nominees together. Yeah, I agree with that. And if this is not going to go to Morton, I'm going to have some salt. <laughs> Hand me the envelope, please. Ryan, here's the envelope. I now have the envelope? Yes. Oh, wait. Morton Salt, like the girl with the umbrella? You already tore the envelope open. You oh, shit. Really Should hear. I read it? Yeah. La La Land. <laughs> you guys remember from the Oscars? It's a, it's a classic Oscar <laughs> joke. joke. <laughs> what if it didn't win Best Actress, though? Like, What if that's when they read it? <laughs> Who would go to the stage? Uh, it's Samantha Morton look at from Morvern Collar. Oh, thank yeah. you. Salt need not apply. Yeah, Greg was going to just throw salt in our eyes, I think. You couple slugs would probably boil if I did that. Ouch. <laughs> Even though I have seen other Lynn Ramsey movies, and like it, it was Samantha Morton was the revelation here, right? Yes. Like, just yes. you are a, a, a talent, and again, I can't, I don't know where you are in movies she today. She is so good in this that I was like, do I need to watch those seasons of Walking Dead that I did not watch? Oh, yeah, she was the main the villain, alpha? the faceless, the alpha. She's alpha, go. and I was like, I did not, I didn't watch any of those, and now I'm like, should do I you know just why? for her? Because no, you're a beta. I'm a beta cuck. Yeah. Just like Meryl Streep's husband. <laughs> All right, we're not gonna take a break, gentlemen. No we're gonna breaks. rip off this band aid, and this is one of those I would not have predicted this, but it makes so much sense. Your twelfth seed adaptation versus your 22nd seed chicago nobody in the top 10 is in this fight well i mean importantly nobody in the top eight which is what we usually do eight movies oh yeah per season, that's what right? matters yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry to uh, and so does this validate our enterprise then that, uh, yeah i mean we had some low seeds 60s there's several in the 60s we were like a useless blackboard no chalk but <laughs> I, I don't think at the beginning of the season we would have predicted this, but it feels very right now. Uh, and I think it, in big part is because I was like underappreciating how good Chicago is. Mm-hmm. If I could be honest, I would say it would be adaptation versus something very smart. Mm. So like the reason that I'm surprised is that like adaptation is going all the way against something that's like more indie talk and foreign. Her. Like, talk yeah. to her or Russian <laughs> arc would be it. And then we would have to decide who are we. Yeah, like, are we the Hollywood people. or are we the... But the... right now, I'm sort of thinking, like, I might be Hollywood as fuck, bro. I... One of these movies is very us on the surface. But one of these movies, if you get to know all three of us together and I know. separately, is very us. And I think there's a word that has been said throughout the entire finale series that I think means something and it's undeniable oh <laughs> is that the word it's undeniably that word it's it, it's you cannot deny it's undeniable so dive right in greg i'm gonna go with adaptation which i felt this whole season was building towards adaptation and it's not if you had said the beginning of the season i would have said it's, it's a slam dunk over a movie like chicago and i don't think that at all i enjoyed chicago i love it it's my second favorite movie from this season is that true um yeah i think so i think i think that there i think sorry i didn't mean to call you out but no like, no no I how think awesome is that to like have the top two be your top three? yeah and i didn't yeah. i didn't think that that was the case until we really started getting into it on the show where we did chicago and then tonight it's been very clear because there is something clarifying about seeing the movies squared up against each other you, you wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. think it but there just is like there's some part of you speaks to you when you see them opposed to one another and you just, you kind of go with whatever that voice inside your head says. 
And Chicago was destroying everything it was up against for me up until this point. There is a there's an extra gear for adaptation, even though Chicago is the one that has a gear in it. Um, <laughs> there is just some additional thing you're getting out of adaptation that is like scratching that filmic itch that's scratching that literary itch that i think just gets it a little bit more than chicago does for me do you guys think we'll ever do a season that has two richard gear movies in it that's crazy right are you like another one you mean yeah yeah maybe in the, maybe sometime in the 80s american gigolo where he shows his wiener his whole wiener his whole wiener oh man um yeah oh the, man we were <laughs> That's a lot to see. That's <laughs> just have such as an innocent reaction. Oh man! Well, I want to do is see that butt and that gerbil fall out of it. Oh man! The, the, all the Chicago movie stuff we've been talking about and about how like, oh, we're gonna sing a song and we're gonna go to the stage. But then also, I keep going back to like, there's a part where like the paddy wagon drives away. Is that okay to say? For us, yes, because we're yes. Irish. Okay, you're you're quite a bit of a patty. Okay, so that paddy wagon drives away, and it's the most Dick Tracy thing you've ever seen. You know, yes. so like this movie is movie as fuck. But going into adaptation, I was like, "This is your favorite movie. Shut the fuck up. Get that incel internet boy off your shoulder, because mm-hmm. like he can't control you." And then I watched it, and I was like, "No, fuck, fuck that, fuck this, fuck that. It's the best movie. It's the fucking best movie. It's adaptation, Mike." Two adaptations. I love it. I see. I agree. I love adaptations, but I, I do think Chicago's undeniable. And did you guys hear? I just got old because I said <laughs> adaptations. I pluralized it for no reason. <laughs> but okay, uh, now we have to do the test, right? Which is we we have crowned uh, adaptation 2002's movie of the year. Doesn't it sound yes. right? Isn't it right there? Yeah. Like, I mean, didn't we do it? Didn't we come to the right conclusion? I really, I came into this ring. And I don't know why we do this, but we dressed the studio up like a boxing ring for these Uh nights. And I came in, I really wanted Talk to Her to win. I was going to do it. I really was going to do it. But adaptation is, if not my brain, it is my heart. And also, again, it's worth noting, like, we're not saying it's the it's it's definitely a better movie than we're saying it's 2002's movie, movie of, of the year. year. Yes, and you guys said it together. Undeniable, <laughs> undeniable. It even stole the word of Chicago. Uh, it doesn't feel wrong. I'm not. I'm not upset, even though. No, it feels. Alone. I mean, the only reason that it feels wrong is because of how fucking predictable it is that the it's three of us, us would name shit. it. Well, I'm gonna take off the crown that I wear every week. No, Mike. I'm going to miss it so no. much and with I, your... I have crown source. With your overuse of the drop pad and your stuttering hosting. Uh, and, <laughs> and your uh, n- missed congeniality. You missed congeniality. Michael. You know what? You're going to miss me when I'm gone, as they say. And you're definitely going to miss... I... It's so much longer than you think it is. Underused that all season. That's you're welcome. True. Greg, the crown is yours. Skadoosh. Would you like to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's about to enter the skadoosh. I couldn't wait <laughs> even one half of one second for unleashing my first skadoosh. Uh, as as your first act of the host of next season, would you like to tell everybody what I season we're doing? I am happy to announce that we will be doing 1973, a important year in film history and a year that has many important horror movies, which I did not nice. realize before I picked it. <laughs> I knew there was Exorcist, and I was like, that's okay, I'll do Exorcist. This is not a big deal. What I did not realize is that there's like four other movies that are also very high up in there that are... Greg's going to get spooked. One of them is like Wicker Man. There's another one... Um, I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember each Scream, one of them. Blackula Scream, Blackula Scream, Scream, Blackula Scream. Obviously, which which we're which we're gonna go for. But I was drawn to '73 uh, because the movies in the '70s fascinate me. '75 was one of our our best years, and there's just a lot of really good, uh, really good choices. And so I'm excited about it. It's hard to to narrow the field down, um, and I don't know a ton about. The movies of '73, but I looked over the list and I just I was excited, and we'll be uh, we'll be doing it in uh, what is it the 40th anniversary? 
Yes. Yeah. Woo. Right. That's that's fucked up. Hot. Uh, congratulations to adaptation, but fuck you, 2002. We are done. Yeah, dude. Fuck. We are ready for 73. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. We're 73 also boys now. Also, 73 Mike, boys. Uh, incredible job, host. Too many boys. Yeah. Season. Good job, Mike. You did good. Thank you. Despite that you said very specific. You just said the opposite of that. Well, no, I had <laughs> a lot of thoughts. I had a lot of notes. Yeah. We're complex guys. I could tell. Yeah, just like just like 73. Also, if there's not a Richard Gere movie from 1973, I'm walking. Out. I'm out. Full out. You know what? It's been a pleasure hosting. Listeners, I know it's been a pleasure listening to us for these eight years in 2002. I know it's been a pleasure listening to us. Until then, keep watching those movies. So, while Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected anywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic health care need for millions of people who can become pregnant. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. And we're already seeing certain medical practices be restricted even in those states. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's the number four, donationsforabortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, plantcpills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. You can also find all the links to these resources at podvoices.help and in the show notes. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.